0: Faith Bridgers, it's great to be with you. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to the Gospel of John. That's the fourth book in the New Testament. We'll be reading from chapter 20, beginning at verse 19. That's John chapter 20, beginning at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for the fear of the Jewish leaders, forgiven. Let's pray together. Father, we give you thanks for this day and for the opportunity we've had to lift up our voices in song in worship and praise. We pray now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would come just as you promised to be our teacher and to guide us into all truth. It's in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Recently, I found myself reflecting on this past New Year's Day, and like many of you, I remember wondering what 2020 might hold. Uh, From that perspective anyway, it looked to be a year of tremendous promise for us. All three of our girls were graduating from various institutions, Uh, a vacation that had been in the planning for some two years was finally going to take place. I had six mission trips on the docket, and many other exciting ministry opportunities were ahead. It just looked to be a fantastic year. Never in my wildest dreams, or nightmares for that matter, did I imagine that every bit of it would be gone in a matter of days. Not only was the very idea uh, just preposterous, but the manner in which it was all taken away wasn't anything that I had ever even considered as a possibility. A pandemic? But rather suddenly, this thing called COVID-19 took over our lives, and what had looked to be a great year of promise was now one of disappointment, uncertainty, and fear. You know, there's no enemy like an unseen enemy, and this was like something out of a Stephen King novel or a science fiction movie. We didn't know who had it, who didn't have it. And early on, there wasn't any way to tell. Something as mundane as going to H-E-B was now a matter of life and death. And we were doubly scared at our house because my wife, Becky, is a nurse practitioner at a local hospital. And we were worried, what if she got infected? And she was worried, what if, what if she brought it home to the rest of us? And of course, if all that weren't bad enough, uh, economic uncertainty also took hold and we saw job after job after job just disappear. Food lines stretched longer than any of us had ever seen and none of us were at all sure about what the future might hold. For our national economy, for the world economy, really one of the most frightening aspects of this whole experience is not knowing when it's all going to end. Uncertainty, disappointment, disillusionment, fear. Uh, They've definitely been a part of our experience. But you know, these same words could describe the experience of the first disciples as well. You see, for three years, these men had had the time of their lives. They had been traveling the country with Jesus, handpicked by Him to be His disciples. And they spent those three years listening to teaching like they had never heard before. They're witnessing miracle after miracle. I mean, think about it. They had every reason to think that Jesus was invincible. I mean, after all, they had seen that he had power over the wind and the waves, over all the powers of darkness. I mean, they had even seen the man raise someone from the dead. Who could possibly blame them? if they were convinced that they were on the winning side and life was just going to be moving from one victory to the next. That's how I would have felt, I'm sure. And then in less than a week, it all came to an end. Their seemingly invincible leader was arrested, humiliated, executed like a common criminal. He'd saved so many others, but he couldn't save himself. No more traveling the countryside with the teacher, no more miracles, no more hopes and dreams for the future. And perhaps most frightening of all, they suddenly found themselves in fear for their own lives. You see, the same authorities who had killed Jesus were probably going to be looking for them next. So what did they do? They sheltered in place. Behind locked doors, they hunkered down and tried to make sense of a life that no longer existed. Fear became the operative emotion in their lives, and if we're not careful, it, it can become the operative, the dominant emotion in our lives, too. You know, like so many other things, uh, fear has two sides. It can be a good thing or a bad thing, healthy or unhealthy, constructive or destructive. The good side of fear calls out the very best in us. It enables us to rise to the occasion in a dangerous situation. It's what prompts a mother to do whatever she must to protect her child, even sacrificing her own life. But there's another side of fear that isn't very noble or admirable. It's the fear of anxiety that paralyzes us, keeps us on edge, agitated and nervous. And you know, it's ultimately more about self-preservation than it is self-sacrifice. Instead of drawing out the best in us, it sucks the life out of us, leaving us in misery. And that is where the disciples were. And in this day of COVID-19, it's where you and I can go in a big hurry if we're not careful. But thanks be to God, that is not the end of the story for the disciples or for us. You see, at their most fearful, anxious moment, when all seemed lost, who shows up? Jesus. Can you imagine what that must have been like? I mean, one moment, they're lost, drowning in their fears, and the next moment, there He is, standing right in their midst. You know... Some of us have heard this story so many times before that I I don't think it registers with us just how astonishing all of this was. I'm sure it was the last thing they expected to happen, but it really did. And in that moment, Jesus gave to them the one thing that they needed most of all, to move away from the fear, to move away from the anxiety. And that one thing was the incomparable peace of his presence. And that is the same thing that we need to deal with our anxiety too. The first words out of Jesus' mouth to his disciples were, peace be with you. You know, his words are quite clear. You know, by implication, he's saying to them, peace be with you. You can be at peace because I'm here with you. He's, he's not just expressing a, a kind sentiment or wishing them a, a peaceful day. No, he's, he's saying quite clearly, "'Guys, you can be at peace now. "'I know you've been afraid, but it's okay. B- "'Why? Because I'm here.'" And in that moment, that was what they needed to know, that Jesus was there. Nothing else could have calmed their anxiety. Not, not an angel from heaven, not double-bolted doors. Nothing could bring them peace like Jesus And that's what we need. Nothing compares to the knowledge that Jesus is with us, come what may. You know, we get assurances and strategies uh, from the government every day, but they seem to change with each passing day. Medical information seems to change every day. We're up against an unknown, unseen enemy. And what we need right now is to know that we are not alone. Jesus and the peace that he brings are with us. When I was in my mid-20s, I moved through uh, a particularly rough season of discouragement and pain. Some of the problems were of my own making and some were done to me. But the upshot of it all was that I felt more defeated and more anxious than I think I ever had up to that point in my life. Some hopes and dreams were crumbling right before me, and there wasn't anything that I could do about it. One night, I was driving uh, back to my apartment, and I decided to stop off at my parents' house and have a talk with my mother because she's always been a wonderful source of wisdom and comfort for me over the years. And uh, we sat down at the kitchen table, and I shared with her what was going on in my life. And then she said something to me that I didn't expect. She said, I think you should talk to your father about these things. Now, the reason it was unexpected is because counselor is not a role that my dad has typically filled over the years. He's, He's played plenty of other roles, but mom had always been the counselor. But she was insistent that I talk to him. She said he's back of the house, You might catch him before he's gone to bed. Why don't you go back there? So I walked down the hall to their bedroom and knocked on the door. He jumped up and gave me a big hug, and uh, we sat down there on the edge of their bed and began to talk. And it started off kind of slow and a little awkward because uh, neither one of us were used to this kind of conversation with each other. Uh, The words were initially coming out really at no more than a trickle, but Eventually, I am pouring my heart out. It is coming out in a torrent. Eventually, to the point that I I couldn't hold back the tears. Uh, After a while, I couldn't even talk. I was crying so much. Well, I could tell by the look on his face. He was taken aback. But he sat there, very patiently, listening to me. And when I finished, he said to me, Danny, what do you need? And all that I could manage to say, all all that I could think to say in that moment was, Daddy, I just need to know that you're with me. And he put his arm around me and he said to me, All the way, all the way. Even though it didn't change my circumstances one bit, and my problems were still very much right in front of me, I cannot begin to tell you how much better I felt just knowing that my Father was going to be with me. Come hell or high water, He was gonna be there. In their moment of greatest fear, that's what the disciples needed to know, that Jesus was with them. And that's what we need to know too. You know, every one of the disciples would go on to face persecution, harassment, rejection, but they knew that Jesus was with them. All of them, except John, would be killed for the sake of the gospel. Some were beheaded, some crucified, some were speared. One was even burned to death. What was it that enabled these men to move from paralyzing, cowering fear to suddenly giving their lives for the sake of the gospel. I'll tell you what it was. They knew that Jesus was with them. I don't know what we're going to face in the coming days, medically, economically, socially, but here's what I do know. Jesus will be with us every step of the way, providing all of the love, strength, wisdom, perseverance, and peace That only he can provide. So how can we access his presence? How can we gain this peace? Well, if you're a believer, you need to know Jesus is with you all the time. He promised us at the end of the Gospel of Matthew, I will never leave or forsake you. I will be with you to the very end. He is with us. We have Complete and ready access to Him. The question is, does He have access to us? He's always there, but are we always there? You know, any relationship that matters is going to require investment and time. In my relationship with Becky, if I want her to know that she matters to me, if I'm going to draw from her the the love and the encouragement and the life that, that she brings to me, it's only going to happen when I prioritize time with her. When I don't, I can't very well expect those things. And she couldn't be blamed for not providing them because I'm not engaging. I'm not participating in the relationship. And so I want to ask you this morning, are you engaged with Jesus? Is He a priority in your life? Does He have access to you? I I want to encourage you, if you do nothing else in these days, take advantage of the time that we have, time that we didn't have before, to spend time with Jesus. Carve out 10 minutes, 15 minutes in a day Share with Him what's on your heart. Study His Word. Get to know Him because He's ready to engage with you. Of that, you can be absolutely sure. We've had some fearful days and there are some fearful days probably yet to come, but we can face them with courage and we can face them with peace, not in our own strength, but with the sure and certain knowledge that Jesus is with us. In just a moment, we're going to worship together, singing songs of praise. But before we do that, uh, let's take a minute and pray. Father, how grateful we are that you have not left us. And even as we face uh, something bigger than any of us have ever faced in our lives, Lord, we want to draw on what you have for us. We confess to you, Lord, that far too often we've tried to make it on our own, and the result has been nothing but more fear and more anxiety. But today, Lord, we, we want to stand before you and let you know we, we want to change. We want to make time for you because we desperately need what only you can provide. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being so faithful to us. Thank you for your peace. In Jesus' name, amen.